trill. I like that. That was nice. Let's take our Bibles and turn tonight to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter number one. I just remind, I want to encourage everybody. Of course, this, this December, we've always got a lot going on here at the church. Continue to be faithful and be, be part of everything that's going on. Of course, it's a great time to get together as church family and fellowship with one another. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And uh, we want to be faithful uh, to the Lord, faithful to our friendships here at the church. Um, on the way out tonight, uh, please stop by the table here at the back of the sanctuary or even in the foyer and pick up some of these cards, these Christmas candlelight service cards, and uh, pick them up so you can hand them out to your friends, your co-workers. Uh, this is always a very special time. Uh, every year we gather on the Sunday before Christmas and have a great time of fellowship as we read through the Word of God, as we look at the Christmas uh, record there in the book of Matthew and Luke, as we sing together and just enjoy one another's company. It's, you know, we, we try to, to, you know, there's so much, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's so much of a theatric production a lot of times, and we just kind of get back to the Word of God. Just return to the basics, allow the Lord uh, to, to work and move in hearts, but it's always a very special time. And so encourage, I want to encourage you, pray with me. Let's, let's see the Lord do something really special on the 22nd. Be inviting your friends and family members to be here. The choir's going to be singing. And let's, let's trust the Lord to pack this building, right? Let's see the, door, the Lord do a great work. I know He can because He's done it before, and He continues to do it every week. And, but we're in, we're in the book of Ruth tonight as we come, as we return to our study here. It's not really an, an original title that we've given to our series gleanings, right? Pun intended. Gleanings from the book of Ruth. And of course, Ruth gleaned in the field of Boaz. And uh, this is a great story. Uh, It's a great picture of our redemption. Of course, Boaz redeemed Ruth. Uh, He was willing to pay the price to, to, to be wed to her. And just like our Savior, Jesus Christ, was willing to pay the price to, to take upon, take unto himself a Gentile bride. He went to the cross despising the shame. And we're so, we're so thankful for all of these, these truths tonight. We come here, we continue through chapter number one. Uh, we've, the Lord's brought us a long way, although we've only had three messages so far. And, but the, God has taught us many, many important things uh, concerning how we live our lives. And, and no matter where we are, it's always better to die in the land of Canaan, to die in the land of promise, than it is to die in Moab. And we, it's, so we want to we come back to the Lord. That's God's desire, is for us to return back to our place. There's a significant place in the Christian life, and that place is right by our Savior's side. We want to be with Jesus. And uh, because God has, has great in, things in store for us. But as we find here that, of course, Naomi and uh, she and her husband, Elimelech, they went to Moab, and there Elimelech died along with their two boys, and she was left there as a widow. And she took her two daughters-in-law and, and began to return to the land of Canaan. And she looked at, at Orpah and Ruth and said, just go home, go back to your, uh, to go back to your families, uh, get married, and live happily ever after. But Ruth looked at her and said, no, Naomi, I'm going where you go. In chapter number 1, in verses, uh, uh, verse 16, we find the key verse uh, of this whole book. The Bible says, and Ruth, and Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. 
Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. We see the devotion that Ruth uh, demonstrated uh, to Naomi as she returned back to the land of Canaan, as she returned back to Bethlehem uh, with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And as we come here to the closing verses of this chapter, we find the events surrounding their initial return back to Bethlehem. If you're able, I invite you to stand with me tonight as we read together the closing verses of chapter 1 here in the book of Ruth. Beginning in verse number 19, of course, we'll read down through verse number 22. The Bible says this, beginning in Ruth chapter number 1, beginning in verse 19. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem and uh, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and uh, the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And God, it is our prayer as a church family this evening that you speak to us from your word. God, so oftentimes we're tempted to do as Naomi had done right here in this chapter. But God, we have no right. We have no reason. Lord, our our desire tonight is to see exactly what, uh, what you have for us to learn this, this vital truth to our Christian life. And Lord, we ask that you'd lead us and direct us. God, help me as I seek to deliver this message tonight. Lord, give me great wisdom and, and ability far beyond my own. Lord, I pray that all of our hearts would be open tonight, that your word would have free course. And Father, that you would speak to us and that we would answer in full surrender and that you'd help us make the decisions that are that are most appropriate to our Christian lives. Lord, because there's a, the great need in this day and hour is for Christians to live for your glory. And so God, we pray that you lead us in that effort. Help us, God, because we can't do it on our own. So Lord, we pray that you'd open our eyes, that we may behold wondrous things from your law. Challenge us tonight, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As you find your seat, I encourage you to take your Bible and look at what the Word of God says right in the midst or in the heart of verse number 20. As the, as the two ladies return back to Bethlehem, the whole city comes out to greet them. It's like a big welcoming party. Just like someone you know who returns from a far country. Emily, I'm sure your parents may have done that, your family may have done that. Emily returned from Mexico as a missionary. She's home for the holidays. And uh, maybe your family got together and said, tell me all about it, right? Hey, tell me how things went. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's happened in your life. Tell me, just give me, give me a report. That's the setting that we find here in, in Bethlehem. As, as Naomi and Ruth return back to the city, the whole city, the Bible says, is moved about them, and they come to hear what Naomi has to say concerning her trip to the far country. But we look here in verse 20 and we find the statement, and may I say this is the wrong statement, that Naomi gives to the people who've come out to greet her. 
Look what the Bible says in verse number 20. She says, call me not Naomi. Call me Mara. Call me not Naomi. Call me Mara. The name Naomi means pleasant or blessed. While the name Mara means bitter. In our lives, we're either blessed or we're bitter. What do you say about your life? We look here in verse number 20, and we find the name Mara, meaning bitter. It's first introduced to us back in the book of Exodus. Turn there with me, if you would, please, in Exodus chapter 15. We find uh, Naomi, she's, she's living history in her mind. She's going back, and, and she's giving a testimony, but she's, she's sharing, she's sharing, she is sharing it uh, in the wrong way. I'll get it out there eventually. But in chapter 15, in verse 22, of course, the children of Israel, they've been delivered by God from the land of Egypt. He has, of course, brought about the ten plagues. He has smit, uh, he smote the land of Egypt with, with the Passover, and, and, uh, God, and, and the Egyptians, they, they expedited them right out of their country. Get out of here. We don't want you here anymore. God has brought them through the Red Sea, and now they are wandering in the wilderness. But something takes place in their life. As they wander through the wilderness, we find that they come to a place uh, of great bitterness. Look what the Bible says, beginning in verse 22 of Exodus chapter 15. The Word of God says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. You have to have water to drink in order to live. Right, I believe our 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 our, our human bodies are I believe what seventy five percent water, something along those lines. You need water to survive. They went three days. Of course, they had they had bottled water with them. They had it in their canteens or or in their containers. And but for three days they went through the wilderness, which was a desert. May I add, they found no water. And the Bible says, and and when they came to Mara. They could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And in a short while, we'll return back here to Exodus chapter 15 and read the rest of the story. But may I ask you a question tonight? What do you say about your life? As Naomi looks back and, and, and ponders all the goodness and, and grace of God, she is overwhelmed with, with the difficulties of life. Uh, I believe that, that Naomi had a blessed life. I believe it with all my heart she had two boys, right? Of course, their, their passings were uh, in her estimate or her, uh, in her, according to her understanding, they were, they were untimely. But I believe she was a blessed lady. She had a husband who loved her, would have done anything for her, which was evidenced as she as there was no bread found, so he up and moved his family, trying everything he could do to provide for her. She was blessed. She had two boys, two strong strapping boys, until she lost all three and was forced to return back to the land 
of Judah, back to Bethlehem. But as she returns back, she makes the statement to all those around her. She says there again in verse number 20, Call me not Naomi. Call me Mara. She said, don't call me blessed. Call me bitter. What, do you, what are you saying about your life? What we say and what we tell others about our lives, we are essentially telling them about our God. What we tell people about our lives, what we say about our lives is what we are saying about our Lord. Is God bitter? <laughs> no. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. There are so many times in life where we become overwhelmed and dissatisfied with, with our present state or the condition of, of our lives, uh, the circumstances surrounding our lives, that, that we fail to see the goodness of God in it all. And in the frailty of our human, of our human flesh, uh, in our humanity, we lose sight of the Lord. And we need a taste of revival. Naomi, this, this child of God, this child of Israel, God's chosen people, yes, she wandered away, but the Lord allowed her to return. But even in the midst of her return, she loses sight of the goodness of God. And, and, and over time here, as we'll find, as we continue to study through this book, Naomi will see again the goodness and grace of God firsthand in her life on a visible, on a visible level. But what do you say about your life tonight? Do you realize that all of our lives are living testimonies? What we do with our lives, what we say about our lives, is a direct reflection upon our Savior. I pray that God would help me live my life appropriately that I would seize every opportunity that, that God affords me uh, to give Him glory, uh, to praise Him, and to exalt His name. Because for His pleasure we are and we're created. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, right? Everything that we say and do ought to glorify God. No matter whatever we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, we are to do all to the glory of God. Even when life doesn't make sense. Even when life becomes difficult and hard, even when we lose those we love, even when uh, things just aren't what we would choose for ourselves, Christian, we ought to thank the Lord and give God the praise for it all. And as we look here in this passage of Scripture tonight, these final verses, these last four verses of chapter 1, we see three lessons, three things that will help us see the Lord and say and do the things we should as a testimony of His goodness and grace in our lives. Notice the first truth we find is in verse number 19. And it's simply this. We have a story to tell. We have a story to tell. Look what the Word of God says again in verse 19. It says, so they, two, so they two went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. 
And they said, is this Naomi? It was a welcoming party. They came out to greet her. No doubt these were, this being the, the town of her, of, of her birth, this, there were family members that she hadn't seen for quite some time. For at least 10 years, right? They, they went to Moab, then Elimelech died, and then they continued 10 more years in the land. So for, for at least 10 years, 10 plus years, we can say, she hadn't seen these people. Have you ever met someone you hadn't seen for a while? I, I enjoy catching up with friends. Uh, I, we always, uh, every now and then, friends of ours will pass through the Columbus area and they'll stop and, and we'll just hang out and talk. Remember a few months ago, I, I was driving through Knoxville and uh, some friends of ours moved from the West Coast to Knoxville where, they work, where he works at Crown College. And I stopped in during lunchtime and just hung out in his office for about an hour. Monopolized his time so he couldn't get any work done. Right? Just, just, just enjoyed one another's company. Just caught up. Hey, tell me how things are going. You know, how's your family? Hey, hey, how are the kids doing? Hey, how are the grandkids? You have, you have any great grandkids yet? How, how are your nieces, your nephews? Hey, is so and so are they still around? Do you, do you talk to them much? There's all this conversation that people want to hear because we're nosy. Right, But on a grander level than just our daily interactions, just on a, on a grander scale, a much grander scale than, 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 our, than our family life, we have a story to tell about the goodness of God. How many of you, just, I just, just to kind of help, help me out tonight, how many of you have ever lived a, a perfect, have you, how many of you have lived a perfect life? other than Dean, right? You know, we've all made decisions that we wished we hadn't made. We've all said things. We've gone places we wish we hadn't have gone. We've all made bad decisions at one point or another. But if we're not careful, we allow the bad decisions to overrule uh, what God has done. And we lose sight and all of, the, all of the things, all of the regrets, all of, uh, the, all of the human emotion, we, we lose sight of who God is. You know who I am, really? You really don't know me, do you? I think I, got, I, think I can gauge you pretty well. You know who I am? I'm a sinner. Saved by the grace of God. Do you know who you are? You're the same. Lord willing. You're a sinner. Saved by the grace of God. In our lives, things will happen that we don't understand. Things will, will take place that, that we can't explain. There will be things that happen in our lives that we wish would never have graced the doors. We all have a story to tell of God's goodness and God's grace. We look at, at Naomi's life. Man, she, she and her husband packed up the family, moved, took them to Moab, didn't go as planned, and went exactly the opposite of what they had planned. Things happened that they never saw coming. They were unprepared for the circumstances in which uh, they would find themselves, the, uh, the things they, they would be forced to endure, the hardship, the agony. 
We all have a story to tell. Though Naomi had lost her husband, though Naomi had lost her children, her two boys, though Orpah returned back to her family, to her kindred, was God still good? Naomi didn't think so. Naomi told everyone that, that God bittered her, that God dealt harshly with her, that the Lord afflicted her. The Bible says that God tempts no man with evil. God allows things to happen in our lives, things that we can't explain. But He does so whether they're pleasant or unpleasant. He allows these things to enter our lives for a reason. Because you and I, we have a great story to tell. What is the story that God wants us to share? He wants us to share the story of His grace. Turning your Bibles back to the book of, or ahead, the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, of course, a highly familiar passage of Scripture tonight, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 is. But in this chapter of Scripture, we find the Apostle Paul, who we would say was a blessed man, would we not? He was rescued from his sin on the road to Damascus, saved by the grace of God, allowed to serve the Lord in a very prominent capacity as an, as an apostle in the local church of the church. A missionary who, went, who traveled the known world, leading people to Christ, planting churches. This was a blessed man. God used him to write the majority of our New Testament books. This was a blessed man. Was Paul's life easy? Just because your life is not easy does not mean it isn't blessed. We look here, and of course, we could look back and see all of the, the hardship and affliction that, that was brought upon Saul's life and ministry as he was shipwrecked and, and beaten and imprisoned and, and, uh, and stoned and left for dead. We could, we could look at all of these things. But here in, in chapter 12, God gives us a great story of His grace. Look what the Bible says in... Uh, in verse beginning in, let's see here, in verse number seven. Of course, he's recounting his heavenly vision. And uh, the Bible says in verse seven, it says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Something we don't know exactly what this ailment was, what this thorn in the flesh was, but we do know that it was significant. It was something that pained him. It was something that he took with him every moment of every day. It was hard. It was a hardship of some kind, physically. And the Word of God goes on to say in verse 8, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. 
And he said unto me, this is, these are the words of our Lord, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul then says this, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. The power of Christ may rest upon me. Do you know what our lives are a picture of? They are a picture of God's grace. It's only by God's grace that we are what we are. It is only by God's grace that we have what we have. And it's only by God's grace that we can endure through the most difficult, strenuous, stressful, unpleasant times of life. It's only by God's grace. And Christians, not only is salvation by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, the Christian life is a daily journey in God's grace. It takes the grace of God to live the Christian life. It takes the grace of God to see God through all the thick clouds that so oftentimes surround our lives. Christians, we must never forget that we have a story to tell of God's grace. Of how He, in the midst of the most perilous times of our lives, He was there to meet our needs. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And notice as we read this famous psalm. The Bible says in Psalm 23 and verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. The Christian life is a blessed life, isn't it? Did you see all those things? How God leads us. He gives us what we need. He gives us His best. He allows us to, uh, to find rest and peace with Him. But the Christian life isn't always easy either. Look what the Bible says in verse number 4 of Psalm 23. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley." of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Christian life is not always easy. Sometimes God leads us through valleys. God leads His dear children along. Christian, every moment of every day, God is with you. And every, even when it's awful and hard and, and doesn't make sense, even, wish, even, though, even when we wish we could just go back and, and live on the mountaintop, there, eventually we've got to go through the valley. And even in the valley, God is good. The Bible says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, as my cup runneth over. <laughs> Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Christian, what is the story you're going to, what story are you going to say? The next time someone asks you, how's it going? Oh, it's going all right. Oh, it's going really good. Well, didn't didn't something just, didn't something terrible just happen? Yeah, but God is good. Yeah, that happened, but man, God is great. 
Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Christian, no matter what we do, no matter what we experience in our lives, we have a story to tell. We can either tell the story of our infirmities. We can either tell the story of our afflictions. We can either tell the story of our of our ailments and our pains and our hurts. Or, we can give God the praise. Or, we can recount to those around us just how good God is. If you never go through any type of difficulty in life, you never realize, you never truly know just how good God is. Notice the second truth we find here tonight, the second lesson we learn, is the lesson of missed opportunity. Naomi had a story to tell, but she told the wrong story. Remember, everything we say about our lives is a reflection upon our Savior. Look what the Bible says back in Ruth chapter 1. In verses 20 and 21, the Word of God says, And she said unto them, the city that that was moved about them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home empty again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me? The Almighty hath afflicted me. I wonder how many opportunities we miss in life to give God the glory. Because we just can't see how good we've got it. At our house, we've got a saying. Boys, who's got it better than us? Nobody. You know where I got that from? Jim Harbaugh. Go blue. Right? But we'll be going down the road, and I'll be driving and say, Who's got it better than us? And our boys, Nobody! Nobody's got it better than us. You know what? There might be some people who have more than us. They might have more possessions than us. They may have more debt than we have. (laughs) But nobody's got it better than us. Why? Because God is good. All the time. God is good. God is always faithful. God always meets our needs. God always watches over us. God always protects us. God is always good. Naomi failed to see the goodness of God through the gloominess of life. But God is always good. Christian, don't miss opportunities to share the goodness of God with others. Don't look at others and say, ah, just call me bitter. No, you're blessed. You're blessed. If you know the Lord, you're blessed. Come what may, it makes no difference. You are still a blessed person if you know the Lord as your Savior. You have more than you deserve. You will have more than you could ever deserve. Because God is good all the time. What is the final lesson that we learn? is really a lesson about the Lord Himself. Not necessarily what 
what Naomi had said or what she stated or what she had been through. But it's a lesson about where God was bringing her. Look what the Word of God says in verse 22. The Bible says, So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. As I was reading verse 22 and meditating on this passage of Scripture this week, there's a statement that just jumped off the page. The Bible says, in the beginning. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. You know what we learn about the Lord? We learn of the faithfulness of God. You know, Naomi didn't return in the dead of winter. It was cold and food could not be found. She did not return in the spring where she had not made preparation where she could not plant her food. She didn't have to endure the, the hot summer months, scrounging around, working, doing what she had to do in order to, in order to survive. But God brought her in the barley harvest. In the season of abundance, God brought her home. We see, Christian, we see the faithfulness of God. The first verse in all the Scripture, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. It really wasn't the beginning of the, har- of the barley harvest. It was in the beginning, God. The Lord. Turn back to Exodus chapter number 15, if you would. Exodus chapter 15, you see, Naomi told everybody, ah, just call me Mara, I'm bitter. But you know what happened? At Mara, God took that which was bitter and made it sweet. God can take the most bitter circumstances of your life and bless them and make them sweet. God can take that which is unsatisfying and make it satisfying. God can take that which is despised and make it delightful. What the Bible says, Exodus chapter 15, again, beginning in verse 22, says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, verse 25, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in my sight, and wilt give ear... Uh, to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Do you need healing? You You know what Naomi needed? She needed healing. She needed God to take that bitterness 
and make it sweet. She needed God to, to, to take her from that bitterness and that, that, uh, that anger, the frustration, the sadness and sorrow, the burden that she bore. She needed God to make it sweet. She needed to return back to how she was. Pleasant, kind, lovely, generous. You know why she could? Because God was faithful. Aren't you glad that God is faithful? Just like the waters at Marah, God can heal your heart. Just like the waters at Marah, God can take that which is bitter and make it sweet. Just like the waters at Mara, God can heal your present circumstances. God can take that which is unwanted, that which is undelightful, and be glorified in it. Turn your Bibles to Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. My heart thinks, as we look back, you know, Ruth chapter 1, Naomi was sad. Wasn't she? How many tears do you think Naomi had shed prior to and along the way as she returned back from the land of Moab? How sad, how many tears did she shed when her husband passed away? How many tears did she shed when when her two sons died? How many tears? How much much sorrow was she forced to endure? Do you believe it was a time of lamentation? I believe so. Just as Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, sat on the hillside overlooking Jerusalem as it smolders in its dust and ashes as the Babylonians had come through and utterly destroyed and overturned the temple, stripped it of all of its glory. He wept. But do you know what he said? We're going to see. Look what the Bible says. Lamentations 3, beginning in verse number 21. He said, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. You know what we need? We just need just a little bit of hope, don't we? What is your hope based upon? Our hope is not found in present circumstances. Our hope is not found in what any in anything that we can do. Our hope is found in Christ and in Christ alone. The Bible says in verse number 22 of Lamentations 3, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You know what? So oftentimes we stop there. We don't look at the verses that follow. Look what the Bible says in verse 24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. 
The Lord is what? Good. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. What we do in our times of sorrow, we just wait and hope in the Lord. Why? Because God is good. Even when circumstances aren't, God is. We just hope in the Lord. Why? Because God is faithful. Just like He allowed Naomi to return in the beginning of barley harvest. At just the right time. When Ruth would be thrust out into the field of Boaz, and he would look upon her and say, whoa, man. You watch out for her, you know. Be careful. Hey, you leave her be. You give her, give her some handfuls of purpose. Right? God is good. He's good. So what are you going to say about your life the next time someone comes to you and wants to know how things are going? I say, ah, they could be better. Ah, I, I pray not. Christian, whether you like him or not, who's got it better than us? Nobody. Why? Because God is always good. His grace is sufficient. And he will see us through. Don't miss the opportunities that God puts before you to give him glory. It'd be a shame for the rocks to cry out in your place. God's given us a mouth for a reason. He's given us a voice for a reason. And no matter what befalls our life, every child of God should be able to say, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. The Lord is good. Tell it that others may know. Tell of His blessings and tell of His love. Tell how He's coming from heaven above. The Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Let's all stand together tonight. In just a moment, the piano will begin to play. I have a time of invitation, but maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I, I don't want to say the wrong thing about my life because I don't want to say the wrong thing about my Lord. Pastor, would you please pray for me? Is there anybody here tonight? May I pray with you tonight? Amen. May God help us. May the Lord help us always give Him the praise and glory He is due. How many of us here tonight would say, Pastor, pray that God would help me know just how good He is. That I would understand 
I have a story to tell of His grace. And by, by God's grace, next time someone asks me, or even if they don't ask, I'm just going to tell them that God is good. Is that you? May I pray with you tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Tell the Lord. Tell, tell everybody how good God is. You know, sometimes we live and we miss the opportunities that God sets before us. Let's purpose not to miss any opportunities. Let's seek the Lord. Let's take, every, let's take advantage of every opportunity He affords us to give Him the praise and glory to His name. Maybe you're here tonight and like me, you can just sit back and revel in the goodness of God. If you have something to, to thank God for tonight, would you just slip your hand up? If you have something that you can thank the Lord for, amen. Praise the Lord. If you couldn't raise your hand, I'm sorry. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word tonight. God, sometimes life is hard. It makes no sense. But Lord, our prayer tonight is that through all of this, you'd allow us to see you, to see your goodness and your grace. Father, that you would extend to us your hope and that we would quietly wait for you. Lord, we ask that you'd allow us to understand that there are people around us who, who are longing to hear, whether or not they understand that or not, to hear just how good you are. God, help us not miss any opportunities. Lord, may we never forget that what we say about our life is what we are telling others about you. God, bless the invitation tonight. May you work in our hearts, we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's remain standing. Turn to song number 490. 490. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. If the Lord has spoken to your heart tonight, won't you come? Won't you maybe come and give God, give God the glory, give God the praise on that first verse? Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Whether ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Christian, who has it better than you? You may not have everything you want, but God has given you everything you need. He's given you His grace, He's given, which is all sufficient. May God help us continually look to Him and trust Him. Let's look at that third verse. That third verse, take my lips and let them be filled with messages for thee. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages for thee. Take my silver and my gold not a might would I withhold, not a might would I withhold. Amen. How many of you, is there anybody here tonight that has something they'd like to give God glory for tonight? Anybody like to give God praise, a testimony to share? Yes, Brother Mike. 
flavor, and um, it's pretty because the one that corrected it is working, but it's double vision. So watch it, and it left it in the flurry on the back of the So I can't see, I can drive. And um, I just didn't think I thought, if I not had that one done when I did it, both eyes would have been blurry. Mm. And God knows the timing of it. Now the Lord is good. Any other testimony? Anything else? Yes, Brother Jerry. Amen. Amen. Anything, anybody else have anything like, yes, Brother Jason. Any other praises? Anybody else? Yes, Wilma. Amen. Amen. Any other praises tonight? Let's give God the glory. Yes, Jamie. <laughs> Amen. Any, anybody else? Let's give God the glory. Yes, Brother Jerry. Amen. Yeah. Any, anyone else? Yes, Brother Tom. <laughs> Amen. That's right. It was Thanksgiving time, wasn't it? Man, how time goes. Dave, Brother Dave, did I see your hand? Or? Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm pretty partial, too. <laughs> Amen. God is good. Anything else tonight? Yes. Um, thankful for that Lord that's always food on my table, always has food at home, has always had cars, has always had jobs. Um, I've had the gospel in my life where I went down the wrong path for many years. And praise God. I am I have been blessed. Like you said tonight, I have nothing to complain about, nothing. And I didn't grow up in a Christian home, was a good home, but not a Christian home. I didn't know Christ until I was 32. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm also grateful that I can serve in many, many churches, and I've been in a lot of churches. 
so pretty close to his neck. Okay, the, the tears didn't come down, but my voice was Amen. Amen. Anyone else tonight? I, I just thank God. I want to give him the glory for everything he's done in my life and uh, allowing me to, to meet my beautiful wife and our four boys, allowing us to serve the Lord here and uh, to pastor the best church in the entire world and uh, just give God the glory for it. But uh, where would we be without the grace of God? We'd be most miserable, wouldn't we? I'm thankful for God tonight, aren't you? Let us never, let us never lose sight of the Lord. Even when, when times are tough, God is always good. Let's close in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness and your grace to us. Lord, life is often very difficult. There are, there are trials we face, struggles that we go through, burdens we bear. But God, you're our hope. And Father, tonight we give you the glory for how you work in our hearts and in our lives to bring us to this place. The Bible tells us the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And God, tonight we, we don't want anyone, Lord, we don't want to give anyone the misunderstanding that, that you, afflict, you, you have afflicted us and embittered us. God, that's not the case at all. Father, you are good. Lord, and nobody has it better than we have it. And Lord, tonight our prayer is that you'd help us never lose sight of you. That we would always comprehend your faithfulness. And that we would always be thankful. Lord, I thank you for this church, what you've been doing in our hearts and lives. God, I pray you'd help us continue to glorify you here as we seek to faithfully serve you. God, tonight as we leave this place and, and go home, Lord, we ask for your safety on the road. And that you'd help us not miss any opportunities this week to be a good testimony for Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you've done this day. We pray that you continue that work throughout the course of the week. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You are dismissed.